Hey listeners, we here at The Expanse, we just wanted to give you guys a heads up, but uh, we will be getting into some heavy issues and topics in this episode. We will be talking about suicide and depression. The last thing we want to have happen is for this podcast to trigger anyone. If you notice any of your triggers that lead you to ideations, do not hesitate to get help. In the United States, you can reach out to the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. In the UK, you can reach out to the Samaritans at 116 116- one two three in canada you can dial one eight three three four five six four five six six in australia dial thirteen eleven fourteen and in new zealand seventeen thirty seven these numbers will also appear in the show notes thank you for listening and please enjoy the show we put together for you computer initialize hollow suite hollow suite media Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast and a Holosuite Media production. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Hill, and with me, as always, is Kyle West. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing really well. Um, as we are recording this, it's just been Comic-Con, and uh, I'm feeling the, the Trek vibe today, just loving all the haters that have been on uh, <laughs> online who always complain about new Trek and the Enterprise fan in me always comes out ready to fight because 19 years ago this was going on every single week uh, with Enterprise so um, I've loved fighting my fellow Trekkies uh, today I'm uh, feeling good uh, weather's great in my country right now and job's going well so I'm good my friend that's good I'm not doing too bad. Uh, early day for me. Probably got up about the same time you did because I had to, to open up at work, but at least I got to take a nap afterwards and I was still able to get in everything I need to get done. So I do sometimes get the early text from you and I'm like, how yeah. is he How is he awake right now? <laughs> He's like five hours behind me. That right there explains it for you. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about the issues that were brought up in the episode Cogenitor. Second season episode, 22nd episode for the second season. Kyle, did you want to go ahead and give us a quick rundown of the episode? Yeah. Uh, in this episode, which, as we just established, was the 22nd episode of Enterprise's second season, the NX-01 has discovered a hypergiant. They encounter an alien species who have the technology to get closer to the, the hypergiant than Enterprise can. A beautiful friendship begins as Archer goes away for a few days with the alien captain to get as close to the hypergiant as possible. In his absence, Trip discovers that the Vissians have three genders. Like humans, there are males and females, but they also have uh, what they call a cogenitor. Uh, who we quickly find out uh, only really exist to help create offspring for the male and female couples. Trip can't quite wrap his head around this and takes a special interest in the cogenitor and eventually discovers that it has the same mental capabilities as the rest of his species. Uh, knowing this, he teaches the cogenitor how to read and much more, which is in complete defiance of uh, T'Pol's orders, which were kind of like she was advising him not to do it, but uh, he still did and very ignorant to um, how the uh, Vissian society is set up. So once Trip has been found out, the cogenitor requests asylum, and then when he finds out, Archer is furious, uh, but he still listens to the cogenitor's case, because 
as he explains, when someone asks for sanctuary, it needs to be taken seriously. Eventually, he does decide to refuse the request, and the cogenitor is returned to its people. As the Enterprise and the uh, Visions part way, Archer and the captain hope that their relationship can now continue to grow and develop, but sadly, Archer receives some bad news soon after. The cogenitor has committed suicide, unwilling to return to the life it had lived prior to meeting Trip. And that's the end of the episode. So, as far as some of the topics we want to discuss, the the treatment of the cogenitor. You just watched this earlier today, like I did, correct? Yes. Okay. So, uh, what did you think of uh, how Trip saw the cogenitor and, and the uh, the couple that were wanting to reproduce? Well, it's an interesting one because the episode never completely makes its mind up as to whether Trip is the good guy or the bad guy. I think maybe until the end. But throughout this, the episode is actually mixed signals. And I don't know if it's because I, I've got 2020 glasses on now, you know, and right. and the world has changed a lot in the last like five years, let alone since this episode aired, I guess it would have been uh, 2003 when it aired. And I find some of Tripp's behavior quite problematic now in hindsight. So I think actually Tripp is well-intentioned, but is absolutely the, the bad guy in this episode. And I don't know if Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, who, who wrote this episode, and one of the best episodes they wrote actually as a team, I don't know if they necessarily had that intention throughout. I think at the start, they really want it to look like Tripp's in the right and trying to help, but he's going too far kind of thing. But I think watching it now with, like I said, 2020 glasses on, Tripp, Right from the get-go, he's, he's aggressively trying to interrupt the setup between the couple and their cogenitor. And I made a, a note about the first time where Trip is talking to Flox about it. And Flox is really excited, talk, trying to explain how a three-gender species might reproduce. And he wants to show pictures and stuff. And he's super excited. And to me, Flox represents like the, the modern-day person who's excited by all these things and stuff. Whereas Trip represents the older person. You know, the one from, I guess... For comparison for us, someone from the last century, born in the 60s, 70s, maybe earlier, who is trying to understand. And trying to be well-intentioned yes. with their actions, yeah. but Does, not quite going about the way they should. And doesn't really understand it. But I loved Flox's enthusiasm for it. I just It really just looked like two different like generations battling against each other. I like that. I mean, I guess we're going to go deeper into it. But what was your immediate thoughts on, on Tripp's behavior? For, for me, I saw that you know he, he didn't appreciate really how the Vissian couple was treating the cogenitor. Being a third gender, he didn't understand the dynamics. And like, like we've been saying, he, he was well-intentioned, but just kept taking it too far. Even though he saw the cogenitor as equal to the Vissian couple, he tries to start to understand their ways, but it doesn't. He doesn't like the answers that he's getting because they're like, no, they just. They, I'm, I'm gonna say they. I'm gonna. Re I'm referring to the cogenitor. Uh, when when they're by themselves, they don't really do much. Sort of like when you leave your dog at home. Yeah. On the, on the surface of it, you know what Trip's doing is very is very Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this person is being uh, oppressed uh, essentially, yeah. but what he's interrupting in. He's not just doing it based on that. I think he just can't wrap his head around this three-gender thing. Yeah, and uh, what he's doing is trying to put the square peg in the round yeah. hole where the square peg is the Vissians and we are the round hole. Yeah, he's trying to use the way we live and put it on them. And I think, you know, we're going to tackle really, I guess, the, the idea of gender and things today. And mm -hmm. even the episode gets a bit confused. It's almost a little bit ahead of its time. But like, just even some of the language that they choose to use, like Trip deciding to call the cogenitor a she 
Right. And then I think DePaul says, you know, why are you calling it a she? And I think uh, Tripp's line says, uh, because it looks more like a her than a him. Yeah. And it was like, the, the show was opening up to this idea of third gender, but at the same time, our writers couldn't get past the he and she idea, you know? And and even Archer calls it... A, Calls it her. Calls it gender as she later on, yeah. So I just find that that language a little problematic. And I think if it was written now, they wouldn't have gone the route of identifying the cogenitor as a she because that is that is a sign and a gender right. to that character, isn't it? I think part of it is because in 2003, in Hollywood, I don't think they knew how to have those conversations. No. I don't think they... It wouldn't have crossed their mind, I guess, that you'd actually be offending uh, someone if you labeled them as she when they didn't actually... It's not even about identifying as a she... This character was not a she. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't a she as we understand he and she to be. So I think they could have done a bit more there. But yeah, so there were some problematic things, which I didn't think about until I started to watch the episode with the analyst's eyes, you know, mm-hmm. knowing we're going to talk about it on the show. So I sit down, watch an episode that I know is great, has one of the best closing scenes, I think, of the entire series. And it's famous for being like, even when it aired, people loved. They always said, oh, this yeah. is a Star Trek story. When you look at it now, you're like, oh, there is some stuff in there that it's not been handled delicately, right. I think. But I think at the time, they, they handled it yeah. as delicately as they knew how to. Exactly. You are spot on with that. Not, it's not that, you know, throughout, through all time, it was not delicately handled. It's just at that time, with their understanding, they did the best they could. They had the best intentions with it. Kind of like Trip. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't And I don't even think, if anyone watched it now and got offended by it, I don't think ever the intention was for that. I'd like to think anyone could look at it right. and think, well, actually, let's applaud the show for doing this story when they were, when no one else was doing these yeah. kind of stories, you know. So well well done, Rick Berman, well done, Brandon Braga. But a little part of me couldn't get past this idea that when Trip was being really confused at the idea of, of three genders and things, I just felt like I was hearing Rick Berman. And everything we know about Rick yeah. Berman, I just thought Rick, that was Rick Berman uh, in the script. And then everyone else was maybe Brandon Braga, who's always seemed a bit more um, uh, modern in his his beliefs right. and such. But it's so hard because I guess we'll come on to the scene later about Trip and Archer. But I do feel that Trip was doing what Archer would have done. Yeah. And even though Archer himself says, you know, don't feign to know what I would do in, the, in that yeah. situation. But he would have. He would have done it. Yeah. I guess we'll come on to that later <laughs> if we're going to tackle in some kind of order. Well, I'm going to say we, we can tackle it do, now. Okay, let's do it now. Go from there. Let's do it now. Like, yeah, do you agree? Do you think Archer would have? I, I think so, given what we've known about him up to that point. Yeah. I think he would have. I think he would have gone about it a different way or maybe, you know, tried to, or, you know, waited a couple of weeks and, you know, found the ship again, did it on the second contact, not so much the first. Yeah, Archer would have spoken to the, the couple, the chief engineer right. and his wife more. He would have spoken to the captain more. He would have. He wouldn't have done what Trip did, which was sneaking in yeah, to the quarters. In and uh, out. And, yeah, he wouldn't have done that. But even though Archer said that line, you said, you know, like don't basically don't dare to presume to know what I would do. When Archer is talking to the captain and and the chief engineer and, and the chief engineer's wife, as soon as they start talking about the cogenitor as an it and as a property, I think Archer says, "Given you sound like you're talking about some inanimate object," that's what Archer says. So he gets defensive about the idea of how they're treating. This cogenitor. And that was his first... And then the Vissian chief engineer kind of went on about how the people who serve the food are Culture, like yeah. slaves. Yeah, yeah. And Archer's like, well, they chose... Yeah, you see hints straight away that Archer actually would have done what Trip did in the sense of intrude on this yeah. situation somehow. But as you said, he wouldn't have done it the way 
Trip did, but I feel Archer's very Starfleety in this. There's a moment where you feel like he's real Federation captain, but I would argue that his view in this is a little blinkered by the fact he'd become good friends yeah. with the captain. That I feel plays more into how Archer behaves with Trip than yeah uh, than anything and else. To me, that that comes across quite strongly as well. They hadn't have built up that friendship while they were exploring inside the hypergiant i think archer would have been more more like trip and more understanding where trip was coming from instead of being hey i just met this really cool guy you're kind of screwing things up for us why'd you do that <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> um, scott bacula and and connor just have such great scenes in this don't they mm-hmm. the first scene where he's dressing down trip and I, when he walks in and he glances at trip yeah then he looks away and he doesn't i think he has a line or two of dialogue before he looks at trip again and then even when he tells T'Pol to leave yeah and you see from T'Pol's face she's like wow I've never seen I've never seen the captain like this with Trip and and we hadn't ever seen that no as well so how did you feel watching that did, did you feel that Trip was being was being wrongly persecuted oh that, to me I was like I, I knew he was going to be getting an ass chewing that he deserved yeah to put it put it simply just because this was a great first contact moment I mean there's exchange of technology and you know things looked like they were going to be going you know great and you know this would be a good ally going forward and I think had had these events not you know happened quite the way they did or you know the cogenitor decided to keep resisting trip forcing education on on them that they would have all figured out a way to work them in more in the series going forward what do you think trip's ultimate intention was given books and on films what do you think he was trying to achieve trying to empower the cogenitor because knowledge is power and since he got those neural scans and determined that hey you know the cogenitor is no more stupid than the male and female you know, he he becomes a serpent in the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah, yeah. giving the cogenitor knowledge, and that it wound up being too much of a temptation for them, and and they learned, and then they decided, oh hey, yeah, we're all being treated badly, type of thing. I think had Trip been able to better handle the fallout from giving the knowledge, I think the cogenitor probably would have, you know, not committed suicide, but had would have started sort of a revolution within. Vissian society to make those three percent on more of an equal footing with the other the other two genders. Do you think that would have happened? I I could see where where they could have gone that way, but as far as or do you think Trip hoped that was going to happen? I think that was Trip's bottom line. There was to to get to where all the cogenitors on on Vissia kind of rose up and be like, hey, you know, we're just as smart as you guys. We can help you guys function in, in society, type of thing. Mm. And maybe even improve the society more than just providing an enzyme for offspring. Now, I do kind of take away how Trip acts in this is how we should act to every human that we meet in everyday life. Treat them with respect. Try to educate them if they need it. And actually, you know, be an ally and sort of taking a bit from Phlox too. actually truly trying to understand as opposed to just a surface understanding. Yeah, you're right. I mean, these are real world issues right now. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it on multiple battlefronts, if you pardon the analogy. But yeah. and I hope to God that it's still being fought in when this episode airs. But we're seeing the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. protests across the world. You know, it lit a spark. We're seeing all sorts of issues with transgendered people, and not just how they're treated, but the lack of media coverage for. There's been some brutal murders in uh, mm-hmm. in your own country, actually. I think uh, recently. Yeah. And particularly black trans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that was not really getting a lot of coverage. And that was happening at the exact time that we had uh, the recent protests begin again uh, about the Black Lives Matter. 
So I think that uh, Cogenitor touches on a few different kinds of issues, which are big things right now. I don't know if the if the gender one is getting the focus it should be getting in the media, but maybe the media right. is in, well, it is incapable of focusing on more than one uh, one problem at a time. But as you said, we can't just be understanding something on a surface level. We have to look deeper and, and learn and educate ourselves. And I think one thing we have to learn, and which is what Trip needed to learn in this episode and he didn't do, is that even if you can't understand it, that doesn't make your opinion correct. Right. And Trip couldn't understand this setup and why this person, this capabilities, wasn't being given a proper life. Uh, much like if we do talk about anyone in the transgender community or, or the entire LGBTQ community, anyone there or black or anything, if you don't understand it, and if you can't understand it, even when you try, then just don't share your opinion on it. Do you know what I mean? Because like, if, you, if you try to learn, but you still, for some unfathomable reason, still can't understand why people are fighting for these things or why they want to do these things, then just stay out of it it's not your place to get involved and but you'd like to think that 99 percent of the people will become an ally because i think if you do try to right. educate yourself uh, you realize immediately how much how much people are persecuted against even now in 2020 mm-hmm. we, we like to think all these things are in history so you know black people again or gay people or anything you know like people people don't know the suffering of gay people right. you know and gay gay people were, were getting persecuted in world war ii you don't ever really hear about that, though, because mm-hmm. uh, we just assume, uh, look, I'm not downplaying what the Jewish community went through or anything. Right. But we, whenever we think of World War Two, we think of Hitler and hating the Jews and things like that. We don't think about what was going, what was being done to homosexual people. I think there just needs more awareness, doesn't there? Right. And it's one of those where our history texts won't show it so you throughout school, so you mm. have to go and seek it out on your own. Which is wrong. Especially if you're not a member of the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You have to go hunt it down, don't you? I had to do that in the Black Lives Matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've openly acknowledged that when, when I first encountered the phrase a few years ago, Black Lives Matter, I couldn't understand it. I was like, well, all lives matter. I was one of those ones saying, all yeah. lives matter. Why are we saying only black lives matter? I was one of them, you know, and... It didn't occur to me that that was problematic saying that. I didn't mean it that way. Right. But people who did hold racist values were also using that phrase and hijacked it. Because what I meant by all lives matter was, mm-hmm. you know, I genuinely believe all lives matter. But people who were yeah. trying to try and make black lives mean less were using the phrase. And so actually, I, I was actually using a phrase right. that in, I guess is actually fundamentally currently a racist term because it's used by... A lot of racists. No matter the intention of people who aren't racist who are using it, which was me, the term has become, I think, right. a racist term. I, I do not use it. And I am all about Black Lives Matter now because I, I educated myself. I wasn't forced to educate myself. I chose to do it. And I understood because I, I am not a black man or right. I don't know what anyone's been through with that. But when you learn what they have gone through, it's horrible. And same with transgendered. I have a, a transgendered person in my family. Only recently, in the last couple of years, has that happened. And that member of the family is in the 50s. So very late in their life. So, you know, that, that's close to home as well. So when you, whenever you see any of the suffering going on, you think, oh, gosh, right. what if that happened to her? So that'll be what we keep saying in this stream. But people need to educate themselves. And, and that's what we saw tying it into Enterprise with Trip. He didn't educate himself. And on the surface, like a lot of us, thinks he's doing the right thing. But he wasn't. It wasn't his place to do those things without properly educating himself. 
Right. And another question that I've come up with for this is, you know, while making first contact, should we apply human standards to alien cultures? And that would be, Hmm. for me, a no. Because they have their own culture, and once we learn more about their culture, then we can introduce, say, okay, you guys do it like this. Well, what if you guys go ahead and educate them and have them be a more productive member of society? See, that's sort of how I think in the perfect scenario, that's how this should have gone. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I encounter this actually in my day-to-day life because like my, my job where I teach online and teach English as a second language, I encounter people in different cultures just on our own planet. And mm-hmm. for example, when I teach children uh, in certain nations, I am trained and told that to ignore certain things I may see happen. Uh, in, in the UK, we do not... We do not hit children, but sometimes I'm teaching people from countries where they will hit a child right. if they get a question wrong. And so it's made very clear to me that it's not my place to take my opinions on right and wrong um, in my own culture and pop that onto someone else's culture. Everyone is different and can make you feel uncomfortable. It obviously, it's going to. If you've raised a certain way, you're going to feel uncomfortable from it, but do encounter it. And I've, you know, I've had people work for me. In my previous career, who are from some other countries which are vastly different to ours, and and some of the things that they're used to experiencing is just just different. And for I had someone work for me who gave all of their earnings to their parents, or rather, the parents just took them, and that was just how it was. And I and yeah. from their own culture, and I was I couldn't wrap my head around it. <laughs> but that's how that's how things are. I, I can't criticize that to that person that's that's how they live and you've got to be understanding of it and also you know our way isn't always the right way with some things just because we, that's just because we do things that way doesn't mean it's the yeah. correct way i'm not going to take all my money all the money off my children when they start when they start working the most i take is a couple pizza rolls here and yeah. there you know and, or fries you know the the typical parent tax yeah yeah not take not going to take all their their pocket money off and their wages but um i, th- I think you're right i i do think that we shouldn't impose our our values on other people. But are we, as a society, capable of doing that? Is it not against human nature? Do we not flock to things that are the same? We look for people like us. We talk about normal, right. p- things that are like what we are familiar with. Right. And then we're put off by things we aren't familiar with. So can we meet an alien culture of this example, uh, three genders and the way that they procreate, can we actually encounter that really and not do what Trip did? And in this current day and age, I think some of us would not do what Trip did, yeah. but a vast majority would try to do exactly what Trip did, almost step for step. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I do always feel uncomfortable when, when he's sneaking into the quarters. Yeah. Like, because I'm watching that and thinking, Trip, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> no, you know you're messing up. But I think otherwise, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of people would have done what Trip did, not realizing they were doing any wrong. That's the important bit, I think, is that Trip never thinks he's doing wrong No. in this episode. He only realizes at the end, after he's been told that Charles has um, killed themselves, he says, it's my fault. And then Archer says, yeah. you're damn right it is. That's the only time he, he realizes that what he's done might not have been for the best for them. I think more people would struggle to be understanding of different cultures right. living in that way than, than would than would not. I don't know. My feeling is that human nature just would work against us. I'd like to think we could be completely understanding. Heck, if we're ever going to have a federation in real life, we're going to have to become <laughs> understanding. Yeah, but 
It's just we can't even get it right on our own planet, Chris. No. <laughs> so how are we going to get it right out in the stars? I gotta say, we'll just have to take one step at a time and try to do better the next day than we did today. And really, of the human race, that's all I ask for is do better tomorrow than you did today. Hmm. Even if it's just a, a tiny step better, because that right there is still progress, even though in, in the larger scheme of things, it's about the size of an ant. But you're still going that much further ahead. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Say so Now, one of the things that I put down as sort of our, our outline is why equal treatment is important. What are your thoughts based on this episode? <laughs> Loaded. Um, I'll address the issue of equal rights, I think, more, because it does tie into how the episode presented it. Mm-hmm. I believe that everyone is it is their human right to be treated the same as the person next to them uh, and everyone else around them. Like, we are all equal. No one is born better than anyone else. Someone might think they're, they're better than someone based on their skin color or how big their bank balance is. Like, the bank balance, that's just money. That is a, a construct that we've put on like in society over a couple of millennia, money wasn't a thing when we were, when we were created, you know. So money did not decide with Adam and Eve, <laughs> you know. Money money didn't exist to determine who was better than anyone else. We just created that ourselves. We created this social structure based on that. And apparently, if you have money, you're better uh, than those who don't. But we forget that those who do have money quite often are trying to prevent those from without money uh, from climbing up that ladder. So, and that's just on the money side of things. That's not getting into sexuality gender skin color and why does any of that change how someone should be treated i, I can't wrap my head around how the why the visians treat that third gender the cogenitor as differently as they do there's times where it is like it's like slavery yeah i think it's portrayed like that the way they talk about and i can't get my head around that like why why does their culture so enlightened as they seem the technology and all these things mm-hmm. how then do they have a situation where one of their genders did you say it was three percent of their population or something yeah three percent how are they so mistreated but maybe that's a way how we look at us in the real world you know and, and, the, yeah. and how we're mistreating certain parts of our of our um, population as, as far as i'm concerned you know every human vulcan visian klingon what have you is equal and should be treated as such and to me, this unequal treatment is part of what leads to Charles killing themselves. Mm. Because they, they realize, oh, hey, I haven't been treated equally. I tried to get asylum. I could not. Therefore, I'm going to be going back to being treated unequally. So it's best if I just off myself. Do you know, like as, I, as you're saying that and as I'm thinking about it, and as I was two hours ago when I was rewatching this episode... Like I can feel myself getting emotional thinking about it, yeah. and like I can like I can feel my eyes going a bit. Uh, you probably can't see them with the light in my eyes as we're talking, but and it's because how often do we see this on the news, Chris? Mm-hmm. Quite often, it is to do with uh, gender or sexuality. Someone who is, or even just general bullying. Yeah, things they interests. <sighs> yeah, someone where someone has killed themselves because of how they were being treated based on that thing that they're being mistreated for and my god man there's probably a number of of young trekkies who who have been there you know and and part of our community and i know one one example that immediately jumps to my mind is the girl that wrote that letter to james Dewan, where she had said that you know she was going to kill herself Mm. but then watched star trek and it gave her hope and totally changed her life yeah and and we find things like that don't we and you hear a lot about that with with certain fandoms and i think with trek but 
It's the idea that anyone can drive someone else to harm themselves is unreal. Now, I can speak to this because, you know, I, I have not always had positive mental health. And even now, uh, I'm fighting my battles based on events from last year. And I can put my hand up and say that I, I you know, there has been times where, where I have tried to end my life. and But no one else drove me to that. That was a me decision. Yeah. So I can't even begin to imagine what that feeling of complete, un, like not having no control over that act that you've got to do. I just can't imagine uh, how it feels when you think someone else is making that decision for you. I just can't. And that's what anyone should think about when they bully. Yeah. Chris, I look back in school when I used to have, make some jokes out of some of the guys in the groups. And now with my friends, we'll rip each other a new one. But I look back at some of the, some of the ways we behaved with people who were a part of our group. And I realized that it upsets yeah. me, you know, and it was done with complete innocence yeah. at the time. But you look back now and you think, God, I wish I could speak to myself then and say, look, you don't think this is a problem, but you don't actually know how this person's yeah. feeling. And these little things you're doing do add up. I bet we all can look back yeah, and I've, find I've, situations I've a few, where... A few, so... Because of my job before my current career, where I was in such a senior management roles, the managing of people and human resources was a key part. So at a very young age, actually, in my early 20s, I had to really start thinking about what I was saying to people, uh, how I was behaving with employees and things like that. So I started to get a grip very early on on how to treat people and making sure that everyone, even in the workplace, Chris, is treated equally. And uh, it's a shame that there's still people out there who haven't yeah. had that awakening. You only have to... Dude, just go online today with the Comic-Con stuff yeah. and you see what some people are saying about Lower mm -hmm. Decks and the people who it's appealing to. It's right there in our fandom where people think they are better than other people based on whether they do or don't like a trailer. And I just think, oh, God, you can apply it. You can apply it to so many things, can't you? That lack of equality. Human nature is that we, we are predators, aren't we? So we're always trying to defeat something. Yeah. And it's like we just do it within fandoms, within, uh, within genders, sexualities, like... Who the hell am I to judge how someone else lives their life? Exactly. That's the truth. I had a friend contact me actually a couple of days ago, going through a really bad spell. Mentioned to me that they were on cocaine. And first thing I said was, the first thing you want to stop is that. That's not yeah. going to help. But at the same time, I did say later on, I said, look, I've not been in the situation you're in. I can't tell you how you're meant to be reacting. Right. But I have a feeling that cocaine probably isn't the solution, wherever you think it might be. But don't judge. People deal how they yeah. deal. Some of the rougher points in, in my life, I knew there were certain things that I didn't want to do. Like, like I knew I, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. And at the time, I was not a smoker. I picked up smoking instead of being an alcoholic to deal with things. And I'm still smoking. And, and at times, I'm, I'm wanting to quit. At times, I'm still, like, I, I've been doing it for a couple years now. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> And I know we've gone off on tangents with this discussion, but what we try to do on this show is when we talk about something, we try to go in deep, mm -hmm. I think, and now in our fifth week. And whether that's a deep discussion of an episode uh, with space battles and things, or whether it's issues like was in Cogenitor. And I think Cogenitor was making bigger statements or touching on bigger subjects than I think it realized. Yeah. Because Trek is timeless. Star Trek is timeless. Mm -hmm. And an episode that might have meant one thing back in 2003 or in the 90s can mean something completely different in 2020 and and that's a good thing yes. and it makes us look at ourselves and like we're talking about equality and the equality with the Visians. as we said equality is an issue in everything we could we could be here for hours talking about 
equality in the workplace, equality in gender, every, all that's things. And it, and it all fundamentally comes back to the same thing, yeah. which is just elitism in a sense, isn't mm-hmm. it? A lot of it is elitism. Oh, I'm straight, you're gay, so I'm better than you. Well, no, you're not, mate. <laughs> you just have a different preference. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, or, or, you know, my skin color makes me better than you. No, it doesn't. It's just, it's just a damn skin color. If someone is born one gender and wants to change to another gender, look, that's their business. Yeah. It, it doesn't affect me personally. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to you how they are. You know, it, it's what makes you happy. And ultimately, that's what I would like for everybody is to just be happy in the way that makes them feel happy. Now, when that way that makes them feel happy starts to affect me and other people, that's when we need to draw the line. Like with here in the States, the, the KKK. I see their happiness comes from oppressing and lynching black yeah. people in our country and people of different orient- sexual orientations. And that right there really invalidates yeah. their happiness because I really don't care if they're happy because... You shouldn't gain happiness through the exactly. suffering of others. Yeah, I had a discussion earlier this week talking about mental health. And I said, you know, you can't make your mental health better at the expense of other people's. Right. Especially when they're alerting you to the fact that their mental health is suffering because of what you're doing. And um, it's not dog eat dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, we always say dog eat dog is a fun saying, but it's not. We all should be helping each other. And you're right. I hate this idea that people have that everyone's entitled to an opinion. And I'll tell you why I hate it. Because just because you're entitled to an opinion doesn't mean you're correct. Exactly. But people seem to think that because they're entitled to an opinion, their opinion is correct. Well, it's not. Because on some subjects, like you said, KKK or uh, the certain protests going on around the world right now, some in my country as well, where it's predominantly is white people not wanting to wear face masks and, and yeah. things like this. It's like, you can have that opinion, but that's it's not right. And you should be challenged on it. Some stuff, you have a belief, I'll leave you to it. Yeah. But things like you said, if you have a view that oppresses someone else, harms someone else, then it shouldn't be allowed to stand. And just drawing it back into the episode, Cogenitor, I would love to be on that Vician planet and see how they, how does society actually work? Yeah. Um, is it as balanced as we're led to believe? Um, or is there more suffering? I don't know. And then unless we get a short trek, we will never know. If I get an Enterprise short trek, Chris, <laughs> I, I hope, I mean, I love Cogenitor. I think it's whenever I know it's on my rewatch, I'm like, yes. Uh, but I hope. That any Enterprise short track is not connected to this one. There's there's other stories we need to tell true, true. <laughs> before the Vissians. Maybe we'll see them on uh, Lower Decks. Who I'd knows? Say, I, I know we saw, saw Suleban, yeah, Suleban picture in one of the images. So. Now, now part of 24th century canon. So. Yes. What was some of the more impactful moments from, from your perspective? I'm going to say not only, you know, within the storyline, but also the affected you. I think the, uh, the weren't so much connected to the idea of what we're talking today about equality and things like that, but uh, the the two scenes with Archer and Trip really uh, hit home in a way that a lot of Star Trek doesn't for me. And I think there's a lot to learn from Archer's dialogue in both those scenes where he's talking about what we've discussed. You know, you, you can't just push your own ideals and, and beliefs onto other cultures, or at least not in the way that Trip did. I live that way now. Now, I'm not saying Cogenitor did that to me, because it didn't. Uh, other things in my life did that. But when I can watch Cogenitor now, it reminds me of that. And that is how I live my life. Uh, I don't want to cause suffering to anyone. I generally don't bring negative to anything. Um, I used to, podcasts I did last year, the whole gimmick was that you'll never hear any negativity on this podcast about the subject matter. Because why? Why surround ourselves in negativity? There's enough of that in the yeah. world. And so Archer's speeches like that hit home again for me. I think the most powerful part has got to be when Archer tells Trip that um, Charles 
kill themselves by suicide. And he just says, like, suicide trip. And that, as I said, like, earlier, gets me upset because of the real world stuff that goes on even now with people with that. Uh, I'm lucky to say that off the top of my head, no one close to me um, has ever felt the need to uh, to end, or certainly has not been successful in uh, in taking that course of action based on similar treatment to to what Charles was in here. But but a lot of people are not so lucky, and uh, I feel upset for the person who's who's done it. And yeah. so I feel that for Charles, and I can't. You tell me. Do you think it was more powerful not seeing Charles again after we realised that Archer's going to send Charles back, or do you think? It would have been even more effective if we'd not seen it. I don't think we needed to see it, but seen Charles in some situation back on their ship and seen that just moment of, I guess, realizing that they were back in their old life. What do you think? The way television is now, I think they would have gone for showing Charles back to being the the meek, timid self and realizing that's not what they wanted for their life Hmm. and kind of showing the wheels turning in their head. How can I end this? This is something that I don't want anymore. I've tried getting off the ship. I can't. This is my only only option kind of kind of showing, like I said, showing the wheels turning, leading them down that path. I think that would have been uh, would have hit it home a little bit more. But the way that they did it still hits it home, especially with how Archer tells Trip, you know, it, it, that it was suicide. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think uh, sometimes less is more, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe that was right here. But credit to just both actors. Like they, they, they knocked it. it out of the park. <laughs> they sold it. Absolutely sold it. I mean, I guess we'll talk about this episode as an episode more one day. Yeah. Because um, I, I hate that it was never followed up on. And there was never any indication that there was issues between Trip and Archery after this one. But right. uh, yeah, the work that both men did in the episode. And, and also, T'Pol was great in this episode. Yeah. The first time you ever really see her give scold in any member of the crew is when mm-hmm. she uh, finally confronts Trip. And as well, I guess for Trip, a thing that you asked about, like what hit me emotionally, Trip's realizing that his interference had caused it really sucks because although we can say now that trip probably sh- well he, sh- he shouldn't have gone about it in the way he did yeah. uh, yes they probably could have tried to do something for that third gender but not in the manner that he did it but it was all well intentioned and to see his and this is why Connor's so good as well like to see his reaction knowing that what he did actually cost a life and didn't just cost a life through an accident it actually drove someone to to commit suicide is um it's just heartbreaking isn't it and i just it almost reminds you of that you know like if someone close to you does die and you always think that you could have done more i guess that's kind of the feelings that where trip would have been would have been at and it breaks my heart it hits home as far as comparisons to like a similar episode the only one i could think of was the outcast from tng where you know Riker becomes involved with the member of that asexual race and they're discovered and they're fixed by conversion therapy and that's sort of a similar similar vein to this one i think with the outcasts it's more you know direct where here in the cogenitor it's more of an indirect references do you have anything off the top of your head that you could think of well it's been so so long since i've seen that episode but i know it's been it's been getting discussed more recently because mm-hmm. uh, some of those issues are very prevalent now 
And uh, I know Jonathan Frakes saying that he wished the character had been played by a, a male actor in that episode rather than female because it would have really, really hit home a bit better. But Trek hasn't always been the bravest show no. uh, in that regard. Um, it is now. Yes. It is yes. now and it's getting and it has a little a small, small faction of the fan base who aren't happy about that. I don't know why not. But but yeah, it's certainly didn't have the bravery back then to to do it but it's great that we can still talk about these episodes now and and they're still relevant and they'll always be relevant yeah chris they will always be relevant sadly it's a good thing and a bad thing actually i was was getting ready to say you know i hope we get to the day where Mm. it's not relevant yeah where people look at that and think wow was this was this a thing back then that would be great wouldn't it yeah we can go on to uh, to final mm. thoughts what do you think about you know everything that we've talked about and just your thoughts on the episode as a whole in regards to what we've talked about, Chris, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm, I am feeling emotional now and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. I'm not even sure if at times I've expressed myself the way I wanted to express myself because it's hard when you're trying to find words in, in this environment talking uh, about it. Yeah. You know, I can only hope it's become very clear to everyone that I am 100% for equality and correct treatment of everyone, that no one is better than anyone else at all. And these are values that I'm trying to teach my children. Same, same here. Yeah. Uh, how old? How old? Um, yours, by the way. I can't remember. You did tell. Me. I've got uh, two boys that are going into junior high, which is middle school for most everybody else here in the states. Uh, one just turned fourteen. The other is going to be turning thirteen before this okay. comes out. Teenage years. Wow. Well, I'm lucky. Mine, mine are only aged four and two. But you know, my son, when when the um, when all the protests recently started about uh, police brutality towards black people, and it's in the UK as well. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It's not just America. Uh, we spoke to my son yeah. about it because we are, we were umming and ahhing. If we talk to our son about different skin colours, are we actually just highlighting something for him that he hadn't yeah. noticed himself? And then you're not sure if by doing that, are you actually part of the problem uh, by drawing attention to it? And But we decided to do it. And honestly, what came out of the conversation was that he did recognise different skin mm-hmm. colours, but he also recognised different skin colours with, with white people. Yeah. So he didn't understand why anyone would be bullying someone else based on skin colour and, and gender, you know. That stuff doesn't mean anything to a four-year-old, right. really. They don't really understand that. But I guess, like I said, I'm trying to raise my children on the values that, that Trek has given me and just that I try to live by myself, which is that everyone is equal. And if you can't deal with that, as I said earlier on the show, if you cannot deal with whatever it is someone offers, whether it's uh, religion, ethnicity, anything, gender, just stay away from them then. Yeah. You know, it's don't involve yourself in their life because... Uh, they don't need your negative energy and like what why butt in i don't know so uh, as a whole for the episode still it's still such a good episode and when you watch it like we did with like i said earlier as an analyst you start to see things you maybe didn't yeah. see uh, before i've watched this episode years ago and thought oh my god well done yeah. trip you got to step in but at the end being like oh no man he went too far but when you look at it now with what we know now and, and how we're trying to live our lives now i think that it's still a powerful episode it's still one of enterprise's go-to episodes for me And as for my final thoughts, I couldn't have said it more brilliantly than you did. On 9th of September 2020, our weekly discussion will focus on the Enterprise novel by the book. This was the first original Enterprise novel following the adaptation of the Enterprise premiere episode, Broken Bow. If you'd like to be fully knowledgeable of what we discuss in our 9th of September show, then please dig out your copy of Buy the Book or visit an online retailer to purchase a copy. We look forward to our first ever book club discussion. The Expanse.
a Star Trek Enterprise podcast, is produced and hosted by myself, Chris Hill, and Kyle West, and is a part of the Holosuite Media Podcast Network. To keep up to date with all the news and updates from The Expanse, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NX01Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at TheChrisHill, and Kyle on Twitter at KyleThomasWest. To join the Holosuite Media Community Discussion Group, simply type the Nexus into the Facebook search bar, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep shirts on. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. And she starts swinging it in a ridiculously reckless way. But it's so over the top that I was laughing out loud and it's putting a smile on my face. I know you were laughing really when you first saw it. I really related to that moment. <laughs> you know I get over the top. It was, uh, I just think it gives a good idea at her. And the way they cut around it, it's so close in her face. You're like, oh my God, she's crazy. And then we get the moment where she just slices it into his leg. And it's very graphic. Oh, it's really, detail. You see the muscle, like the different muscles torn. You can like see the ligaments. The, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's quite... I think you see bone as well. Loading Holosuite preview program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. The orangey skin makes me think of something else. Makes you think nowadays. of Donald Trump. <laughs> Bad hair. Oh my god. He's Kazon. Donald Trump is Kazon. Trump is a Kazon. Oh my god. I'm surprised he's not calling himself Marge Trump. <laughs> because he's not very bright either. No. It fits perfectly. I understand it all now. We've we've just been taken over by the Kazon. And we didn't even realise it. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Listeners, we've just solved the mystery of the last four years in the United States. Loading Hollowsuite preview program for there are four questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I always thought I was special that I knew that the theme came from the end of, of the original motion picture. Like, I thought nobody knew that but me. <laughs> and of course, that was dumb to think. But that was, and that was the thing that, that always really sort of stuck with me. So in getting, to, in getting to work on Discovery, it was, you know, really, really an amazing experience for me and an amazing thought to be able to start working in this world of this kind of narrative. But when, when I talked to Alex about doing um, Picard, it was on a whole nother level of, of connection for me. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.